Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Monday, July 11th, 2022. It is Monday and the world seems to be burning. Governments coming down across the globe. Some of you are wondering when and if we're next. Seen people tweeting all weekend. How much longer can the states actually keep it together? Although we do still have food. Sky high fuel prices and food prices, but you can at least still find it. Welcome back to life, love and liberty, which all three seem to be under assault at the moment. Uh, So this weekend, we all woke up to uh, Sri Lanka's president running for his life from his luxurious home. We're assuming it was him fleeing to a, a vessel, a ship, to get the hell out of Dodge. And, you know, listen, I'm laughing because there's only so much people are going to take. The nation has filed for bankruptcy. They are beholden to the likes of China and Japan. Okay. And we think that it can't happen here but it can they defaulted on their debt as of may of this year and almost in lockstep as soon as the president announced that they were in bankruptcy the people of sri lanka decided to go take a dip in his pool and ultimately burn his house down so japan china and india uh, are the uh, major lending partners of Sri Lanka. And now we're looking at the G7 uh, bailing Sri Lanka out. Uh, that should be interesting. But, you know, again, some of you underestimate what happens when people are starving. See, we live in like this race war dystopia here in the States. Right. No matter how many times I remind you, there's only one race. Uh, People will always exploit and capitalize on the sins of our past because that's just like the low hanging fruit. (laughs) And especially for people who are just easy targets around narrative warfare, uh, people who covet other people's stuff, people who can't forgive, people who do not have a positive oral tradition in their familial history, uh, people who do not understand politics, people who have very low uh, information, uh, education, um, and also in people, some people with high uh, academia, academic levels, who have simply been taught the wrong history. And more importantly, moreover, any of that, right? But you're talking about a generation of people who are completely, completely ignorant of the gospel of Christ, which admonishes us, like commands us to forgive. And that includes, but not is not limited to, the sins of a nation's past. And to be quite honest with you, if we're being completely intellectually and morally honest slavery has not ended 
across the globe. There are people being uh, funneled through this country right now by our own government, mind you, which I've covered many times on this show, so I won't bore you with that today. But fun fact, slavery is, is not only about black people, just like it wasn't only about Jews, if I'm going back to the Old Testament. Right. So, but who teaches these things from their pulpits these days? I would venture to say not many people. And it's the day is rapidly approaching and is already nigh that whenever you go to preach freedom through the liberating gospel of Christ, you are going to be uh, targeted and otherwise dubbed as a uh, divisive racist, bigoted, blah, 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 blah. You know how that goes. And so you just have to make up your mind. You're going to stand in it on the truth or not. As for me and my house, you know, you know what my brand is. It is the unadulterated truth of the word of God, which is why I stand on there's one race and one blood. And the sooner we figure out figure that out, the better off we'll be. And I'm going to get to why I'm even touching on that in just a little bit. I was in a space today that was very um, informative. Some of these spaces are not just like, you know, how some of mine turn out because I just jump in there completely last second, just like, hey, what's everybody doing? It's midnight on a Saturday. And, and let's just see what everybody's doing tonight. And we have fun until somebody comes in and tries to wreck the whole uh you know, the whole slumber party with hurt feelings because I didn't get a microphone, but we'll get to that in a minute. So uh, Sri Lanka defaulted, like I said, uh, in May of this year, uh, ultimately declaring bankruptcy on July 5th. And so check this out. Speaking of starvation, uh, the UN Food and Agriculture Organization reports the number of people affected by hunger rose globally. You ready for this? From 46 million to 820 million I'm sorry, 828 million just this year. And you know what's interesting to me is that in the States, we have the unmitigated goal to refer to areas that are further than, further, farther, whatever, uh, from a grocery, further than two miles from a grocery store as a food desert. A food desert. Have you seen documentaries coming out of Sri Lanka? Have you seen the piles of trash that their children uh, surf, literally surf? Because when, when trash sits in the sun, it liquefies. And so these children are literally trash surfing in order to bring some, a piece of plastic into a place to be able to get some money to buy food. Now that's not even an option because inflation has rose, has risen to over 50% in Sri Lanka. And so some of you are like, you know, how did they get there, right? Lack of medicines has brought the health system basically on the verge of collapse, but inflation is running at more than 50%. They've also had power cuts there. Uh, the lack of fuel has caused petrol and diesel prices to rise dramatically since the start of the year. Uh, matter of fact, they banned all non-essential vehicles for two weeks from even being able to purchase petrol uh, and diesel. And, uh, and some of you are like, well, how did we get here? Well, 
uh, in May, it failed to make a payment on its foreign debt for the first time in history. Sri Lanka chose to focus more on providing goods to the domestic market instead of trying to break into foreign markets. And this is comes on the heels of their civil war. For those of you who are so excited about your Second Amendment, you can't wait to get out there and just get it on. I see your tweets all the time. Well, let me just remind you that no one wins, really, in a civil war. And listen, I subscribe to Ecclesiastes. I believe there's a time for everything under heaven. I, I, I don't chew those meat, spit out those bones. I believe in that. There's a time for war. There's a time for peace. There's a time for love. There's a time for hate. All of that's in there. I didn't write it, but I believe it. But I do not believe, I, I'm not subscribing to um, a civil war. Because here's the deal. We are genuinely not at war with one another, not even a little bit. Our government, in my humble opinion, is at war with us. There is no other reason on God's green earth or beyond that we would be shipping our oil to other nations while in the midst of a manufactured oil crisis on this oil. There is no justifiable reason why that trash bag sloth of a son, Hunter Biden, has not been arrested or otherwise investigated with all. If I have to see his wanky one more time on a social media video, I'm going to vomit. I would appreciate it if you all would please quit posting full videos. I'm just like scrolling through and I'm like, all right, what is this? So I see the crack on the scale you know, this dude is like the most malignant narcissist on, on planet earth has got to video literally everything, which is good for us if we actually lived in the land of, uh, of law, but we don't, we do not live in the land of, uh, of law at the moment. We live in the land of make-believe and reimagining and reassigning and reaffirming, um, hopelessness and despair and death and hell and destruction and poverty. Yeah. Manufactured crises, the cost of that, at beginning with COVID-19, we all knew the cost was going to be um, immeasurable. It would be so exponential that we would not be able to wrap our limited little minds around it. Uh, being able to, and here's the really mucked up part about it, is that whenever you go to quantify the effects of COVID-19, you can't really, unless you're having a conversation with a sober-minded individual who actually has factual data on hand, right? Because most people are still, oh, thank God I took my vaccine. I have COVID, but I'm so glad that I was jabbed three or four times. And it may, it's amazing. It's amazing. When in the history of vaccinations have you ever heard someone say that? I'm so glad I have measles, but I'm really glad I got my vaccination. What? I have rubella. Praise the Lord I had my MMR though. I mean, what is going on with the psyche? Well, I'll tell you, there's a spiritual waxing, if you will. And I have to work literally overtime day and night to just keep my mercy and my grace in, in, my, in, a, in a perfect composition of it in gratitude like just wrapped 
in bubble wrap of gratitude that not necessarily condemnation of others. I am judging things, looking at them going, okay, you guys are clearly smoking Hunter's crack pipe because there's no way you're still thanking the vaccine manufacturers and or God. Notice Trump is never included in that. Uh, But you're thanking the fact that you took your vaccination, even though you're really sick with COVID. (laughs) So there's a part of me that's like, mercy, Monica, mercy, Monica, mercy, mercy, mercy. And so compassion, compassion, compassion. I mean, I have to just like, all right, Father, thank you that I can actually see clearly and that you've given me a sober mind around these things. And I got to tell you guys, it is, it is crushing to lose family members and friends who think you're nuts because you actually believe science, right? They, they think you're crazy and have separated themselves from you or you're some kind of a theorist, you know, and, but that's what happens whenever people make decisions for their lives and then find out that everyone who tried to warn them about said decision and please, no, 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 the bridge is out. The bridge is out. It's like once a lot of people go over that, those cliffs, they would rather let go of the cliff and fall into the abyss than grab your hand and say, wow, I was wrong. You know why? Because that takes a level of humility that whenever people are in their lizard brains, they cannot break through. They can't. It is impossible when you're engaged in your fight or flight lizard brain to be able to uh, stop and humble yourself long enough to admit when you've taken a wrong turn, which is why I do pray for my enemies because the word says to pray for my enemies, but and to pray that that God would give people place for repentance because he did for me and does every day. And so it would be a little arrogant of me to think that he would only do that for me and everybody else is going to hell, which I'm not that Christian, as you all know. So Sri Lanka, holy wow. So we've seen Argentina, we've seen the Dutch, we've seen uh, four other nations, uh, Albania, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm like texting with all my journalist buddies going, is this real footage? Like, is this CGI or is this real? Is this really happening? Because, you know, I don't always trust what I see on social media and what I hear, but I do have relationships with people I trust, people who are on the ground, people who would never deceive you, people who would never report disinformation. They may report misinformation because something's off, but they're going to go through a series of checks and balances before they bring you information uh, a la news, right? And so those are the people that I enjoy uh, following. And they're like, no, girl, the whole house of cards is blowing down right now across the globe. And I'm like, you boy. Okay, well, that's interesting. So uh, speaking of house of cards that are blowing down across the nation right now, I think this is going to be really interesting. Okay, so old Newt, Newt Gingrich, that's right. <laughs> best known for like bringing the Republican party back to a place of uh, 
Reaganomics, uh, back to a place of being able to reach across the aisle, right? Well, now we have what I refer to as the war within. That's right. We have got uh, Arizona hopefuls and we have Robeson and we have Miss Lake. And uh, Newt has now thrown his full endorsement and weight behind Miss Robeson. So what's interesting about that is that if you see who has endorsed whom, right, you have Ducey, Doug Ducey, who has endorsed and others who are who I would consider mm, not exactly uh, friends of President Trump. But more importantly than not being friends with President Trump, uh, most would say are not friends with you. The America first voter. The person who's really tired of politics. The person who doesn't give a damn about the partisanship of what's happening right now, that you are way more focused on being able to survive over the next 24 months of your lives. Yeah, I get it. Those are America first people. And those people are on board with Miss Carrie Lake. So what I find interesting is that you've got a very real wheat and chaff moment happening that I hope you all will pay attention to. I've told you uh, a couple of shows ago that here in the state of Georgia, you have independents, you have libertarians, and you have um, you have America First people who have seen what's gone down here with regard to the elections. We have a special grand jury that has uh, commenced here uh, in Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, if you missed the piece that Emerald Robinson just put out today on her Substack, I highly suggest you go read that. It is regarding Fulton County and the elections here. Um, I do not repost those things because that is against the Twitter rules, but I can encourage you to go um, and read and subscribe to Emerald's Substack. Uh, and part of that is is free. This part of it's free and other parts of it are not. Uh, but she's talking about the elections in Fulton County. So, so in the state of Georgia, all of those folks I just mentioned have decided that they're either going to write in not vote or vote for Stacey Abrams. And some of you just went, what? But when you talk to these people, they will tell you that they are fed up. They're done. They're done with rhinos. Um, they're done with the investigations. They're done with against law-abiding people who had every constitutional right to challenge election results because whether you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, you have a constitutional right to challenge election results, whether they um, afford any kind of a resolution is um, irrelevant. You have the right to challenge election results in this country. There's nothing seditious about that. There is nothing conspiratorial about that. Uh, there is nothing, you know, shady about that. It is a right that we have in this country as a constitutional republic to exercise right but the people who don't want you to exercise that right want you to believe that it's illegal so this uh or there's something really nefarious at work there so these guys who are independents who have who are absolutely america first candidates and some of you are like oh that's ridiculous you know that's a vote for stacey abrams uh well first of all if you have an election grid that is actually in place here in the state of georgia Kudos to you. Um, I am not involved in Georgia politics anymore. Um, and I can tell you why. Because I could not possibly care less about what happens with the um, uh, 
infighting, the inbreeding, which is what you see happening right here with the GOP versus America first. That is what's happening across the country. And God bless uh, Scott Pressler for, you know, uh, enlisting and, and, uh, and signing up, you know, over a million Republican new voters. Good for you. Uh, do yourselves a favor. If you're new to the party, please pay attention to whether someone is establishment or whether they are America first. And not every GOP in the country, not every district, not every state is GOP establishment centric. Let me make that distinction very clear. Not every GOP in the country is establishment centric, but they're very distinguishable. You you can hear the rhetoric. You will hear a lot of move on. You will hear eh, mega. Uh, you'll hear uh, election deniers, right? Uh, they're basically the same people uh, who occupy the left. But they fake themselves through uh, trying to make you believe that they are actually in favor of America first policies, America first ideology, um, you know, which if you're listening to the left, they would have you believe that you are some type of a, um, a white supremacist nationalist because you actually care about your uh, nation and its ability to prosper um, and function on a basic level at this point uh, over that of other nations. And dare I say, I do think it's possible for us to do both. You can care about other countries, but see, you can't when you're in the lizard brain again of polarization. And so it's, it's you know, you can care about other nations, and you, you can't have a genuine heart and mind toward uh, the welfare of other nations, right? But if you're going to, this, again, break it down to the microcosm of your family, which is why I'm always saying, get yourselves in order right now, prepare right now, because there's going to come a day when your family members, your friends, your frenemies, your enemies, the neighbors you can't stand, all of that, all of those folks are probably going to be in a position where you might need to be in a position to assist them in spite of your differences. And so if you're not in a position of favor and you are not in a position of abundance, and there's nothing wrong with being in a position of abundance, of abundance. God is the God of abundance. When Jesus said, you will always have the poor with you, I'm convinced it's because you've got greedy, covetous men and women, leaders, governments, whatever, authority, uh, and you've got people who will never believe in their God-given aptitudes, skill sets, um, gifts, and talents, and so they'll never tap into that. You also have wicked men and women who will hold others down through policies to create more victimization because that's the only way for them to maintain their stronghold. That is a spiritual problem. So speaking of, I may as well go there now. So I was in a space earlier today and these guys, it was a, um, it was a discussion on geopolitics and it was fascinating because there were uh, predominantly men from all over the globe. And you had Germans, you had Persians, uh, you had uh, the Irish, you had the French. I mean, they were for you, us here in the States, you know, and I was just listening and they were kind enough to uh, invite me up to the mic. But 
But there were a few people in there who the primary conversation, the topic was on Ukraine. And so in the war in Russia and whatnot. And so all of these guys, the majority of the speakers were actually from that uh, hemisphere. They, they were from that region where they've contended with Russia. Like they're in for generations, not like we have. Like they've literally, you know, familial contentions. And so um, listening to these guys, it was interesting because they understand about Nazism and uh, and uh, in Ukraine and the Nazis and what's happening and the conflation and, you know, things that we, the, by and large, if you're still waving a Ukraine flag on your social media campaigns or your lapels, you know, you clearly did not get the memo of who we are actually funding and why at this point. And again, I am capable um, as a rationally sober thinking person and in a person with God in my heart, my mind to look at something from the landscape of, okay, there are wicked people doing wicked things and there are going to be casualties of this war because there's always casualties of every war. There's a casualty of you, uh, of any war you have in your own household. Right. So there are physical casualties or mental, emotional, spiritual, all of that. Um, so as as I'm watching this, you know, they were kind enough to invite me up to the mic and ask me what my audience's opinion is on Ukraine. And I said, well, by and large, most of us are pretty fed up with sending money to Ukraine. Because in spite of being called a, a Putin sympathizer, which I'm not, uh, I am a sober-minded individual, so I can look at what's happening and all the the checks being stroked uh, that we can't even cash as a nation to send over to a nation that has been found wanting on every possible level. And I'm not referring to the people of Ukraine. I want to make that distinction, which is where I'm going in just a moment. I'm referring to the government or lack thereof, of Ukraine and our government and other governments. And in my humble opinion, and in the humble opinion of my followers, most of us believe uh, that Ukraine is nothing more than a laundering service. And with every video that you get to see of Hunter's wacky, uh, wacky, wanky, it is wacky, but his wacky, wanky, uh, and his crack, po crack pipe smoking, his whores, his, you know, uh, teenage stuff and picture, I mean, crazy stuff coming out. His whatever 4chan is now released, by the way, I don't, I don't download any of that. So I don't even click on that stuff. If, if you were to ever send me a file of that nature, you're wasting your time. I don't click on any of that, but I do see you guys posting stuff on uh, social media, on Twitter primarily. And I'm like, wow, he refers to his father as a pedo. Well, duh, you know, but still it's like how much more, you know, in his relation, his business relationships with uh, Ukraine and China and, and what, I mean, these are the things that are getting Americans to a boiling point when you've got grandmama sitting in prison as a POW because of J6. And by the way, Paul Ryan, spare us the crocodile tears. I sobbed whenever I saw the footage of J6. Oh, yeah. Did you sob whenever we left our men and women and our allies in Afghanistan? Cry us a river, sir. So back to, uh, you know, I, I, they asked me to come and speak about, you know, my thoughts, observations on Ukraine and, and those of my audience members. And I'll be honest with you, I, we in that group, in that space where several people 
who stood by the idea that Nazism and, and the Nazis were funded and supported and America was the birthplace of the Nazi um, ideology. And they looked to us with regard to how we treated blacks, slavery here in the United States. Uh, Hitler was in awe of uh, of multiple leaders here and vice versa, some who may surprise you. Um, and it's and it's hard to actually find data that 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 makes sobering political points, if you will, without going completely off the BLM um, uh, cliff. Uh, with regard to that geopolitical narrative that's being spun all over the globe in order to foster and proliferate their their funds, their their banking system, um, but most Americans are would be like, "What? What are you even saying right now?" Like our nation was the one that actually went over and you know saved the world in World War II. Our nation is the only nation to ever uh, codify the ending of of slavery. Right. So, I mean, these are these are the responses I get from you all. And so I'm listening to this one particular gentleman who is just like, well, you know, Hitler um, got his ideas, you know, from America and America did this and then America funded it. And then America went flew in and saved the day. And the only reason they got involved was because there was financial incentive and military incentive, which anytime there's a military incentive, there's a financial incentive. You have to understand it is an industry. It's not just. And at this point, it's like. You, you kind of have to wonder, you know, what is the military doing besides arguing about pregnancy jumpsuits and taking your kids to the front lines, men being able to breastfeed, whatever the hell the, all that means, um, you know, flight, yeah, flight suits and, and pregnancy flight suits and, um, you know, did you get vaccinated? Oh, you didn't. Well, 60,000 of you got to go or you're just not going to get paid. Um, I mean, our our military is a joke at this point. And I say that as a World War II veteran daughter. I say that as my nephew's a Marine. My sister's an Air Force uh, gen engine mechanic. Like I come from a family of, of military folks. And so I am very grateful. I have been very grateful for our military. I look at our military now and I look at our borders. I look at what's happening in Arizona and in Texas and declaring states of uh, invasions at this point. Uh, and I'm thinking, why do we have a military? Like, so just so we can like fly across the world and get involved or either stoke, you know, other, other, uh, fights because it's big industry and spare me this humanitarian stuff. We got to go get involved. Oh, really? What about the people of Darfur? What about the multiple wars, wars going on right now, people being hacked to death all over the continent of, uh, of Africa? Where's our military with that? Where's the big war plan for that, right? Whatever happened with all those weapons of mass destruction, I'm pretty sure we all know now the Bush family is a bunch of crap. So, and if you don't believe that, I don't know what to tell you. I digress. I was telling this group that because as a, as an American citizen, which is why I made the distinction between um, the people of Ukraine and their government, right? Because as an American citizen and someone who does think soberly, I'm sitting in the room and I'm and I'm and I'm feeling my blood pressure rise every time this kid gets up to take the microphone because it feels like this, like we've all just been lumped into this box 
of what wicked men and women in position of uh, positions of power have um, have perpetrated across the globe. And see, the left capitalizes on that. And so do your indoctrination camps, better known as your uh, lower level learning institutions and um, your higher level learning. Uh, all across academia, it is hate America, hate America, hate America, hate America. And we're bad and we're Nazis and we're this and we're white. And we, I mean, it is madness. It is madness. And so no one is thinking soberly because most people are in their lizard brain, like I've said. So, but here's, here's the thing. I found myself getting upset and I was like, well, that's silly. Don't get upset about it because, because people don't know what they don't know. And not that I have all the answers, trust that. But what was interesting as a minister, I felt like I can't leave this space. And I really had to go, I had to get on a call, but I can't leave this space without imparting the unadulterated truth of the matter. That this is not a geopolitical pathology. It's a spiritual pathology. At its core, Nazism, anything that eugenics-centric, anything uh, kill the created to, uh, in God's image, to save the trees that God created, is definitely not of God. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> it's of a God, with a lowercase g. But it is not of the God, capital G, capital O, capital D. <laughs> of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, no, it is not of the author of liberty and life and love and prosperity um, and health, health of mind and body and spirit, uh, equality, justice. That's the God of the Torah, of the New Testament. I mean, that's God. And God has nothing to do with white supremacy. And God has nothing to do with, through Jesus Christ, you know, the whole field has been leveled in terms of who has access to God, who has access to the things of God, to the kingdom of God in order to live that out here in this earth. And so I felt like, you know, my point to these guys was man has always been uh, vulnerable to the seduction of the concept of one created being being greater or lesser than the other created being. And so I said, you know, you can look at Cain and Abel. You can look at Ishmael and Isaac. Uh, and the division of the tribe separated by uh, a fundamental belief of a chosen spiritual status, right? As a Christian, I fundamentally believe in one race under one author of freedom, justice, and equality for all. And until that is reconciled in the hearts and the minds of men, of all men, we will forever deal with a spirit of Nazism. You just will. It didn't begin with Hitler. It didn't begin here in the States. I just mentioned Cain and Abel, Ishmael and Isaac. I mentioned at the very top of the show about covetousness, envy, jealousy, greed, all the things that are common to the fallen nature of man. There's nothing that, has, that we have bumped up against that is uncommon to man in our struggle. Nothing. 
And so when you look at things through those lenses and it's that crystal clear and there's no emotion involved in that, it's just pure unadulterated truth. Then you have the ability to separate people from their trashy governments that do trashy things, that do wicked things. You can separate people from their parties, from their special interest groups. When you actually get down, when you get together and you sit down with people, you break bread with people, you share coffee with people, you take a walk with people, you embrace people and ask them, do they need help? Are they good? Are they okay? Just sit around and have a conversation with folks. There's something about the quality of life in Europe, which if you've never been is very interesting as it relates to community and building community. And there was a gentleman in the space today who really drove it home for me. He was such a, a great guy. Um, and in terms of reminding us about the importance of that oral tradition, the, the oral passing of the torch of story. Storytelling is so important. My daughter majored in that. Um, in college, you know, narrative studies is the study of storytelling, right? And she has a neuroscience minor. And so when you when you understand the importance of words and that they really do have the power of life and death and freedom and oppression, when you understand the energy behind your words and that whenever they leave your face, before they ever leave your face, I mean, Jesus said, as a man thinketh, so is he. Our bodies represent what it is we're thinking about, how we think. Our bodies are, are poster boards for what's going on in these brains of ours, which is why I encourage you pretty consistently to guard your mind. Pay attention to the things you're watching and you're hearing, and definitely pay attention to what your kids are consuming, right? Because we are impressionable. All of us are. None of us are immune to the wiles of a very cunning and crafty enemy. None of us. And so for me as a Christian, that's why I um, press in and, and lean on the word because in and of myself, um, without that intimacy and without that relationship with who I believe is the author of freedom, um, that's that's not something I can do in and of myself, not consistently. So as I submit to him in his kingdom and his righteousness, um, then the enemy, you know, once I'm yielded to truth, once I've yielded my members, everything about me, my mind, really beginning in my mind, when I've yielded my mind to what I perceive as, as truth that will bring love and peace and joy, sobriety, it will also bring division. It just will. and that. But that's not why I share the truth. I don't share the truth to bring division. I share the truth for the sake of unity, but I understand that it is a plumb line and not everyone will be able to receive it. And that's when you got to know when to dust your feet and keep moving. And you do so by blessing people as you move along. But, you know, I'd really love to get to a point across the globe and in this country where we could look at slavery and the sins of this country and Nazism and the th hor the horrible, I can't even believe what I'm hearing about Anne Frank right now in academia. 
that these now they've made her a white supremacist. I mean, it is unbelievable, but it's also indicative of just this beguiling, nasty, lying Leviathan spirit that is in the earth right now. And, and the thing with the thing with Leviathan and Behemoth is that Behemoth is something that is hidden. It stays underground. But once it comes up, it's like that. Uh, what was that movie with Kevin Bacon? Was it Craters or so? I don't know, something like that, where there's giant sand snakes and worms. <laughs> They're like traveling through the desert. Well, that's what we're dealing with right now across the globe spiritually. And it just happens to be writhing in the way of politics and governance and people saying, screw you. I'm tired of you guys trying to oppress us every move we make. Speaking of really interesting things and in oppression, uh, speaking of lust. Oh, my gosh. OK, just when you thought it could get any crazier, a California doctor proposes floating an abortion clinic in the Gulf of Mexico to bypass bans. Now, as I've said to you guys multiple times. This is a um, this is a subject that I have um, a comprehensive approach to discussion. And some of you will begin and end it, it well, life is life. Yes, I, I agree with that. I am pro author of life. okay? I'm also pro free will to the extent that someone's Someone is having to make it, a woman's having to make a decision about between her life and the life of her unborn child. I usually exclude rape and incest be only because I know personally people who were uh, born and conceived and, and birthed um, in, the, in, in the crime of rape who are actually thriving, productive beautiful people in, in creation. And so their mother made a choice to allow for their lives to continue. And so because of my personal experience with that, um, I believe that God can redeem anything in any circumstance in any situation. And so I'm, I don't, um, and listen, I come from this as someone who has actually walked down that road in those shoes of being sexually violated. So, but I still believe, and by virtue of my own life being put back together, um, that God is capable of doing that and resurrecting even, you know, the most fractured of souls. He's capable of doing that. So it's hard for me to be like, well, you know, I get it with incest and rape. I mean, incest does, that does kind of just, I, I can't even say that word out loud without thinking of the Biden family, but it just, what a mess. So, but I've said many times on my show, I don't shame women who have had abortions, uh, but I, but I do believe that if you're going to, for you to just ban them across the nation, Without consideration, which, as I know, and I follow many doctors who are debunking the lies that the left is throwing at people, again, who are low information consumers, they're TikTok consumers, they're MSNBC consumers, they're CNN consumers, uh, you know, they're the post consumer, whatever post consumers, um, and they get like a quarter of the story and even that quarter is just manure. 
it's, it doesn't have any truth in it at all, but women with ectopic pregnancies, um, you know, I have seen where, Oh, that's it. You, you're going to die because if you're, that's not what I've seen coming out of state legislatures at all, at all. And if that is something, or if your state legislature is encouraging women to turn each other in. Okay. No, just stop it. And you've heard me say that on the show. This is ridiculous. Just like, oh, what are the red flag laws for abortions? I mean, come on. You cannot be a conservative railing against red flag laws because of your Second Amendment and not defending a woman's uh, God-given right to decide for her own body um, in her own privacy. And I'm not conflating between Roe v. Wade and privacy, but I'm saying, who are you to like, I mean, a given on any given day, I could be so bloated. Somebody would look at me and be like, you look like you were pregnant two months ago. I mean, I know. Uh, and thank God for fasting. But uh, did you have an abortion? Or someone just turns you in because they think you've been to an abortion clinic? That is ridiculous. Like, we have crossed the Rubicon of insanity on the right whenever it comes to that. I don't agree with that at all. But this is interesting. So... The idea is to provide a clinic aboard a ship in federal waters and out of reach of state laws that would offer first trimester surgical abortions, contraception, and other care, uh, said Dr. Meg Autry, an obstetrician and gynecologist and professor at the University of California, San Francisco. Uh, she, this is what she's proposing, okay? She goes on to say, there's been an assault on reproductive rights in our country, and I'm a lifelong advocate for reproductive health and choice. We have to create options and be thoughtful and creative to help people in restrictive states get the health care they deserve, she told the Associated Press. This it this takes the cake. Okay. So th the name of the nonprofit that they have erected over this it, is prowess. Interesting. Short for protecting reproductive rights of women endangered by state statutes. Their proposal comes as abortion access in the southern United States has been swiftly curtailed after the U.S. Supreme Court turned the issue of abortion back to the states. Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas have had abortion bans take effect. A Florida law, which is in effect after a legal back and forth, prohibits abortions after 15 weeks, uh, with exceptions if the procedure is necessary to save the life uh, a life, prevent serious injury, or if the fetus has a fatal abnorm abnormality. I can't even talk. Um, so 15 weeks has passed the first trimester. Uh, so this doctor wants to provide for floating abortion clinics uh, that will line the Gulf Coast uh, to basically stand against the more restrictive states who have just outright abortion bans. Now, that is um, that is interesting, and I happen to believe that you, a woman who has a medical choice to make, should in fact be in a position to do so without having to get some bootleg, jack thugged, you know, trunk back of the alley uh, abortion. Again. It, it's one of these things where we think that we can legislate our way through this. And, and, and I got to tell you, I have seen some things um, lately, some videos from people on the left who are like, well, way to go. It's our fault that we even got here 
because we couldn't just take, you know, a woman's Roe v. Wade on a federal level, a woman's right to privacy, a woman's right to choose. No, no, no. We had to take that all the way to partial birth right there at uh, labor and delivery, otherwise known as murder. I mean, you know, have you have you known or heard of someone who has uh, killed um, a woman in a car accident who was pregnant? Person ends up doing time for two people, not one. So here's what I think about the whole abortion thing. We've become a drive-through abortion nation, which is disgusting. I'm not an advocate for abortion on any level at all, as I've just conveyed here. I will say, though, if a woman is going to make that choice, the most important thing, the most important thing she could possibly be armed with is information. I'm talking actual informed consent. Not, well, this is what we're going to do, and it won't hurt. You might feel a little something. You're going to bleed for a couple of days, but it's okay, right? Or it's just a clump of cells or whatever lie people tell themselves and each other, and I know plenty of them because I have very dear friends who are still, still overcoming the ramifications of the choice to abort a life 30 years later. They are still overcoming men and women. Some of you think that men are not affected by this, and they are. Whether you were married and you made a decision because there was some financial hardship there and you weren't sure how you were going to get through, or you were, uh, or maybe you had an abusive spouse and you're still carrying that with you. Maybe you were 19 and your mother told you, you can't bring shame on the family like that. You got to go take care of this thing. No one's going to help you. No one's going to take care of you and everybody's going to judge you or you're going to hell or whatever the church's, you know, admonition is that their answer is God is displeased and that's it. You know, I mean, anyway, I was going to go down a whole other rabbit trail, but women need information. The mental, emotional, physical, spiritual implications of an abortion are far reaching. And for the women who are out here, you know, shaking it and making it and twisting it and flipping over, over and, you know, shaking their butts in the air and up yours and we can have our abortions and all the nasty, crude, vile, demonic things, all these displays of demonization that you see happening. Um, just that's what exactly what that is. They have a reprobate mind. And unless you actually had a moment with them on a one-on-one level, when you get those mindsets in a group, it becomes a cult and they simply super glue to each other in their ideology. And there's no separating them when, once they get to that point. And so they become vile and over the top and, showing up at marches with bloody panties. And I mean, what? Again, demonstrably demonic is really all you can say whenever you you look at that. And so, but not, they make up such a minority of women who are uh, in that position of making that decision or women who already have. It is It is really tragic that more women who have had abortions 
Um, I don't see them out there uh, primarily because of shame and because of guilt or things that they've buried so far down and the grief that they feel like they finally overcome, but the diseases in their body actually tell a very different story. I'm surprised I don't see them out there more ministering to these young women who could really use it. I think that's a way to overcome uh, this conversation. So uh, something else I wanted to share with you today. So I, many of you are like, okay, what are you doing about canned goods and canning meat, which I didn't even know you could do, uh, but you can find all kinds of videos about that and talk about preparation for things to come and being in a position of abundance and being able to bless others around you. Uh, you can can your meat and that will last for up to three years. Actually, uh, there are all kinds of videos on YouTube about hydroponics. You can build little towers for 150 bucks, put them out your garage with some lights and some water and you're good. You've got lettuce, you've got kale, you've got basil, you know, whatever. So if, and when your grocers uh, dry up with produce, you can actually have some things, uh, you know, at your disposal in your home to uh, to maintain the health of your family, right? That's that's empowering stuff. Well, so are your finances. And so I have decided that I am moving from one of the nation's largest financial institutions over into a credit union situation because I kind of like the fact that they are owned by members and they are uh, insured, same as FDIC, up to some are, if they're federally chartered, they are uh, backed by uh, the FDIC up to 250000 uh, Otherwise, they um, are state chartered and they still have the NCUA that... Um, that insures them. And some who are state chartered have private insurance. Either way, your money is insured. But I do like the fact there are, there are a couple of things here that I really like about them. One, they are owned by members. Two, there's no subprime lending. Yep. So you're not falling into uh, your banks making really crappy decisions, uh, risking your money and leveraging and hedging on with your capital, right? No, thanks. Uh, they're also still lending with lower interest rates. When when your banks are saying, mm, I don't think so, or your interest rates are through the roof, credit unions tend to have lower interest rates and they will still lend. Uh, they're diverse. So for some of you, that's very important to you. Um, they have a diverse community, but they also have bonds of community. So the credit union, you know, I've been I've been perusing uh, credit unions, and I am, you know, as a Christian, I'm geared toward uh, people who have a like mindedness about finances and about sharing and about, um, you know, uh, being responsible with your finances. And so I'm looking toward, you know, more of a Christian centric. Uh, uh, community as a bond. Okay. But I did find this interesting. 52% of credit unions have female leadership with only five at traditional banking institutions. So, you know, historically women, uh, you know, one of my first jobs out of high school was working with 75 stockbrokers who were all men. Yeah. Talk about, uh, baptism by fire as a young woman learned a lot about liars and thieves and, you know, all kinds of stuff that would actually make Hunter Button, Hunter Button, I love it, Hunter Biden's, uh, you know, video scandals uh, look like Mickey Mouse. It was unbelievable. It was a great learning experience, but most, but predominant, but dominated by men, right? So I thought that was interesting that 52% of uh, credit union leadership is, um, is, uh, is held down by women. Uh, so it's a monetary co-op. 
Again, if they are uh, federally chartered um, you um, or state chartered, you are still protected. So that is something else for you to look into while while you are you're preparing yourself to go to monicamatthews.com backslash gold co and inquire today uh you know trillions and trillions of dollars have been lost in people's 401ks just we're only in july we're halfway through the year and we're talking about trillions upon trillions of dollars that have been lost people are opening up their 401 their portfolios every day going I don't, maybe I should just hang on. I don't know. Well, you can do that if you want, or you can be like some of my smarter and more brave uh, listeners and go to monicamatthews.com backslash goldco and simply inquire. See if it's good for you. Gold, silver, precious metals, uh, moving your 401k plans, your uh, Roth IRAs and your savings over into, uh, you know, a, a harbor in which you can hedge your finances during this uh, crazy time. And for those of you who have been all embroiled in coins and NFTs and this whole digital space, you know, I know that's hard for some of you to pull out of that. And it's kind of interesting to me because you still refuse to believe that, you know, much like I think Mr. Musk is about to uncover in his discovery process after pulling out of the Twitter acquisition, uh, what comes next is likely a lawsuit on behalf of Twitter. Um, if they don't sue, that will be even more telling, I think, than what will be um, revealed during discovery of a of a suit, which is going to be interesting for you because there are a number of things there that will be discovered. A, how many real people are there? For all of you advertisers on Twitter, that'll be interesting. Also, for those of us who are influencers who uh, make a living based on those numbers of actual followers and people who are engaged and click throughs and all of that, you know, the digital advertising space um, that could greatly influence and impact, you know, one's ability to be able to uh, monetize uh, with what comes out of this suit. Um, also, I believe it is going to show you exactly who Oz is behind the wizard is behind uh, the curtain of Twitter. And I think some of you are going to be unpleasantly surprised. So most of you, and, and I quit talking about it, I'll be honest with you, because for, for a number of years now, I've been saying, get off of Facebook, do yourselves a favor and, and at least put up guards and limit the things um, that, that you are sharing, how often you're on there, clicking through your kit, your pictures, all of your little secret groups that are not secret, understanding that every piece of information that is uh, acquired at, at your free will, you sign off on a lot of things, about 17 pages worth of uh, giving away of your privacy. And you know how we are. We're just like, yep, click, 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 click. Yep, 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 yep. Agree, 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 agree. And then, but you, what you don't know is exactly what you're agreeing to. And so, you know, I've long held to the premise that these guys should not be protected, that they are in fact publishers uh, because they own all of your content. They own your image, your likeness, all of your content, your pictures, your posts. And, and more importantly than that, they are creating an entire revolution around the information that you give them through artificial intelligence and algorithms. 
And so it comes down to human engineering and human manipulation. And if you're cool with that, then stay on the platforms. But I think what you're going to find is, you know, who the wizards are behind some of these social media companies. Now, whether or not they allow themselves to be exposed is a whole other story. But I think just like many of you are sadly going to find out the hard way with regard to, with regard to crypto coin, um, if you will just do a smidgen of research, you will see that there's literally nothing that is decentralized in this sphere. Nothing. Not whenever it comes to a monetary system, not whenever it comes to social media. And I'm laughing because it's like, no matter how many times some of us actually say it out loud, you and this is this has got to be priceless for the people who are behind the curtain um, because you guys are just like, meh. <laughs> You're just like glazed over or you don't care. Or you'll say, well, you're on there. I'm like, well, I'm on Twitter uh, because that's how I reach you all as a means of communication. Um, but I, generally speaking, um, do not share a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and, and even still understand that people have access to all kinds of information on your phone all the applications. I had, there was a guy in a space last night who was so proud of himself because he thought that he had this magic phone that no one could trace anything. And I'm laughing and the rest of us in the space are laughing as well because we're just like, dude, I'm not sure like which Obama phone you got for free that you think that things are completely untraceable. Um, but literally nothing in this country is untraceable. Thank you, NSA and other organizations. <laughs> so um, nothing is untraceable. So, uh, you know, but in terms of the information that you give people, um, that you willingly give up, those are things that you should definitely pay attention to. And so whenever you see how narratives are being manipulated um, and how things are spun and you find yourselves going, how did we get here? Social media is how we got here. And this has been going on for a very long time. So I think it'll be very interesting. Some of you are like, I knew he was blah, blah, blah. And uh, he was nothing but this, but you know, he did post a picture. He tweeted a picture of himself at a chessboard. So I'm pretty confident that this man knows exactly what he's doing uh, and why. And so for those of us who never put our hope in the arm of man or Elon Musk or Donald Trump or anyone else for that matter, or the Pope, um, you know, keep your eyes above uh, in the place where really the only man uh, in, in divine being who has earned, who deserves um, our worship and our trust, right? So as you're moving on about your business, I just want to leave you with this. Be encouraged that you can trust the word of God whenever he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I've got you. First seek ye the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Repent from your wicked ways. Turn to me, and I will hear you, and I will forgive you, and I will wash you, and I'm going to put you in your right mind, and I'm going to put you on the right path, and I, and I got you. It doesn't mean that you won't come up against hard times. It doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean that God is Santa Claus. It, it means that, you know, much like Elijah, whenever he was in the, the worst moment, the darkest hour of his life running from Jezebel of all people. Um, and God fed him with the ravens, led him to brooks of water. It may come down to that in this country. 
So let me ask you this. Are you in tune enough with the Holy Spirit of God that if you had to count on turn right, turn left, if he was your GPS in order to just live another day, are you confident that your discernment is on, that your trust is on, and that you know who's and who you are? I'm going to leave you with that. I love you guys. Have a good night. Subscribe to my podcast everywhere. iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. And please share with others. And uh, remember, if you're an American, wait, be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. And if you're an American, act like one. Mm-hmm.